And so today I want to talk to you for a few moments, and we do encourage you, even if you've not signed up for the picnic, you're certainly welcome to join us, okay? So it's at the Littlestown uh, Park, and uh, does everybody know where that's at? Because uh, if you go and you find a picnic table in a pavilion somewhere and there's no one there, that's not the right park. So find the right one, okay? It's in Littlestown. How many know Littlestown is a little town? You're not going to get lost. I mean, you're going to eventually find your way. But uh, today I want to talk to you about the supernatural slaying of a giant and, and six other areas in which God used David to inflict defeat upon a larger uh, enemy. And um, if we can just put up our vision statement here, I want to remind you, this is the vision statement for Bethel. And throughout all of our messaging, these are certainly foundational elements to the ministries of the church here at Bethel. Uh, we reach out. A going church is a growing church. We seek truth. The word of God is truth. Uh, the prayer was, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. We share home. Uh, we open our lives up to other people. And one of the things we're doing come September is we're having small groups and they're going to be people uh, that are hosting those and we'd like to invite you to be a part of one of those small groups and so they'll they'll meet either uh, weekly bi-weekly uh, and uh, there'll be a special evening of the week that you can get together with others of, uh, for encouragement faith and to and to contemplate the goodness of God's word uh, and knowing Jesus you know Jesus is everything the Bible says that he's head over all things pertaining to the church so uh, there is no other foundation laid but that which is Christ. So this morning I want to talk about uh, this story that all of us have heard so many times. And um, as I share it with you, there's a number of things that need to be brought forth. You know, not only did David kill Goliath, but David dealt a defeat to the enemy in six specific areas. And I think it's important for us to give some thought to those things that were accomplished through this um, uh, killing of Goliath. And I liken this this morning as we read it to the, to the work that Jesus accomplished on the cross. That there were so many different defeats that the enemy suffered through Jesus' death and resurrection you know, that it, it just speaks into so many different areas. It takes authority over so many strongholds, uh, so many different things uh, that the enemy has purposed to do. And uh, we are grateful today that the salvation of the Lord extends into different parts of our lives. But First uh, Samuel chapter 17, when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. And then the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. The bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines were strewn all along uh, the road from Sharem as far as Gath and Ekron. And then uh, the, the Israelite army returned and plundered the deserted Philistine camp. Uh, David took the Philistines' head to Jerusalem, but he stored the man's armor in his own tent. You know, this is a very dramatic picture of what took place following um, David's uh, triumph over Goliath. 
And, and you can see just in this text so many different things that happened and taken place that as the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they were overwhelmed with fear. And they turned and they ran. You see, the effect and the impact of David's victory extended deep into the Philistine psyche and into their way of thinking and their whole approach was undone and they ran away in fear. And then we see how it energized the men of Israel and Judah as they began to, uh, uh, to shout triumphantly. These are the same people who were paralyzed with fear. You know, Goliath had come out for 40 days and had taunted the Israelites. He had challenged them. And nobody, up until the time that David came forth, had the courage to respond to that challenge. Not even Saul. Saul, as the king, was afraid as well. And it's always a, a difficult thing when the person who's in charge is afraid. And Saul was fearful, just as he, all of those in the rank and file of the army were fearful. It started from the headship of Saul, who was afraid and fearful and would not respond. So as we look at this story, we see the enemy is, is sent away in disarray. The uh, Israelites are, are now rejuvenated. They're, they're shouting and they're praising the Lord. And they take pursuit after the Philistine army and they slaughter them. And we see that God provides a great victory. See, you know, the victory of David made it possible for all of these other things to take place. And the death of Christ has made it possible for you and I to be free today, for our families to be healthy and strong, for us to have the impact and effect upon others that God has purposed that we would. When I look at the scriptures here and I see this picture, it says the bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines were strewn all over the place. And then the Israelite army, then they gained all of the resources that were in the camp of the Philistines that were utilized against them. They took, they plundered, and they took that which was used and, and was purposed uh, for their defeat. And you know, aren't you glad today that God has repurposed all of the, the things that were meant to destroy you and he's repurposed them for your good because of the victory that Jesus has secured. All of the things that the enemy meant to use against you are now used. Think about it, your, your, you know, our, our past. You know, our lives before Jesus was Savior and Lord. All of those things that the enemy purposed to use to shame us to defeat us, to silence us, are now part of a powerful testimony due to the victory of Christ in your life. How many here are grateful for your testimony today? You're thankful for your testimony. You're not ashamed of your testimony. You know, we don't need to live in shame. We don't need to live hiding what God has done. You know, your, what, your testimony is God's plunder of the enemy. God has plundered the enemy, and he has given you all of the things that the enemy had purposed to use against you for God's glory. And here is in the scriptures as we look at David and we see what happened as a result of David's uh, victory over Goliath. 
It's been said by those who have been in the region there that, you know, there would, if you went through uh, the area that David lived, even in this modern day, as you would see shepherds, you would see boys that were generally 12 to 14 years of age who would be uh, standing near a flock of goats or sheep, and often in utterly desolate places. And so, you know, they would sit and, and find a shade place to watch their sheep and to care for them and to, and to protect them. But, you know, contemplating what does a shepherd do in a wilderness where there is largely, you know, he has to find those grazing places, those resting places for the sheep. But largely those areas are, you know, that's just a rocky terrain. Hundreds and thousands of rocks. So when you think about it, those shepherd boys or those shepherds, the, the two things that they would have in abundance would be rocks and time. And you know, David had rocks and time, and he utilized his time to meditate upon the Lord, to praise the Lord, to worship Him. David was a masterful worship, man of worship. He had spent his youth in that, in that situation as a shepherd boy. He had two things. He had rocks and he had stones. And David, no doubt, would often, as many shepherd boys would do, would to throw those stones, to sling those stones, to occupy time. And, and David would take the time that he had to grow in his relationship with God. And so when David came upon the scene here, you know, you had a young man who had been trained to defend, to protect, who was quite competent with his sling. Now, we know that God was behind all that took place, but understand this, David was the one who slung the stone. Don't dismiss his instrumentality. You know, sometimes we, we just say, well, God did it. Well, God did do it, but God used a young man by the name of David, and David did what no one else was willing to do. They were cowards. And, you know, we might have been cowards, too, had we been there and saw this eight, nine-foot giant standing out there in his, arm, his battle gear saying, just send someone out. If you win, we'll serve you. If we win, you belong to us. No one believed that Goliath could be beaten. No one had the courage to step forward, and it began with Saul. Because the Bible tells us that Saul and all of the armies were, were terrified. You know, can't, you know, Saul, who stood head and shoulders above all the others, the king of Israel, was petrified and full of fear. And yet this boy who had nothing but time and stones, as he tended to his flock, now comes upon the scene to deliver lunch. And as he looks and he sees the fear of the people, and of his own people, and he hears the taunts, we know that David became, uh, he became enraged. Who is this? You know, this man blasphemes the God of Israel. This God mocks the army of God. Who is this man? And you know what, David, as it rises within him, David, as we know, he takes to the challenge in spite of the fact that Saul said, what are you going to do? You're only a boy. And as his brothers had become so irritated by his presence and his, and, and his expressions, they said, God, what are you doing here? Go home. 
And you know, there, there's a lot of things here this morning I really want to hit, and I'll try to get to it here in short order. But, you know, David secured a victory that, had many, that really authored many other defeats for the enemy. It wasn't just the man who died on that field that day. There were victories that were secured and gained, and there were defeats that were in, inflicted upon the enemy that went beyond this one man lying dead on the battlefield. I want to tell you, never underestimate the victories that God has secured for you through Jesus Christ. Come on now, we ought to be the most, that we ought, when we come in here, this place should be rocking. Should be rocking, full of life. It should never be a place of death and, and, and despair. We shouldn't be paralyzed like the army of Israel. God, baptize this place with your spirit so that we, Lord God, are caught up in the spirit that caught David up. That David was immersed and clothed in the spirit of the living God and God purposed to do great things. You know, I, I, I love when we come in here and we're really ready to rejoice, to celebrate our King. How many hear that? You don't care how, how many here say, I don't care how rambunctious this place is when I walk in. This is a place of life, not death. Come on now, church. This is a place where God has secured for us total victory, not partial victory. You know, some say, well, you still have, you still are under a bondage to something that your great, great aunt or uncle has done. I want to tell you, Jesus sets you free completely. You know, the blood of Christ addressed your sin, and it addressed the things that held influence over your life far beyond what you see here. I mean, come on, church, are you pretty revved up to be in church today? Wouldn't it be great we're so excited to get into church that they would have to tell Tony, sit down, behave. You're getting out of hand. You run around 50 times through the church. I think that would be a wonderful breakout here. You say, oh, we're not into that. Oh, we are. Come on, church. How many here would say, yes, we are? Yes, we are. Doesn't mean everybody's got to do it, but you know, thing is, I came to celebrate Jesus today. I didn't come here to, to satisfy someone's expectations. I came here to, to glorify the King of glory. How many of you come into this house today? You know that you have the king of glory who stands on your behalf. This was an epic confrontation of Goliath by David, and it's recorded for time and eternity. The victory that Jesus secured for you is recorded in the divine record for time and eternity. Your day of redemption is recorded in the eternal record for time and eternity. You know, how many are, are thrilled about that? You ever, you ever have to find some document, and if you haven't filed it properly, or you, it's so many, you can't find it, and the frustration of trying to find it, and you have to have it. I want to tell you, the record is secure, and it's handy to God, the day of your redemption and victory through Jesus Christ. You know, as you and I think about this today, David's victory over Goliath was a blow with severe consequences for the Philistines and other enemies beyond the death of their champion. There was a supernatural victory performed 
by God through David. There are many applications from this text that can be applied to the story of Christ and the parallels. But we know there's only one Jesus, and we know that. David's age, some, you know, it's always interesting. Some say he was 14, he was 15, and then I was reading someone who said he was 24. All I'm going to say is David was a young man. Come on, church. Let's say he was 14 or he was 24. He was somewhere in between. He was a young man. I want to tell you, young people, never let anyone discriminate against you in the church because they say you're too young to do anything significant. The, 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 uh, the, the future of Bethel is relying upon David's emerging out of the ranks here. People who are God, you know, people say, you can't do this, you can't do that, and you get young people just full of, of God who stand up and say, yes, we can. We've never done that before. How many want to see God do something he's never done because we were willing to go where we've never gone to do with our hands what we've never applied ourselves to do? And I'm counting on young people, and we try to showcase our young people. We love all of our people, but we try in every situation we can to showcase those who are the Davids coming up through the ranks. And if you're a young lady, you've got the Spirit of God just like the young men do. How many believe that today? Oh, well, we'll get to that. Six things that David inflicted as a defeat upon. Number one, he defeated the spirit of cowardice among the ranks of leadership. When the Bible says in verse 11, when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified. See, and they were shaken. It says, when Saul, when Saul heard the enemy speak, he was afraid. It doesn't say he was mildly concerned. It says that Saul was terrified. And so you, you can imagine if the leadership, the king who stands head and shoulders above all the others, is terrified, what does that offer to all of the others? And so David restores the confidence in place of the cowardice. You know, fear produces anxiety. But it also creates, I'm going to share this, this is Charles Stanley, uh, a quote from him. Fear obviously produces anxiety, but it also creates chaos in our lives and even affects those around us. Fear stifles our thinking and actions. It creates indecisiveness that results in stagnation. I have known talented people who procrastinate indefinitely rather than risk failure. Lost opportunities cause erosion of confidence and the downward spiral begins. Fear hinders us from becoming the people God wants us to be. When we are dominated by negative emotions, we cannot achieve the goals he has in mind for us. A lack of self-confidence stymies our belief in what the Lord can do with our lives. Come on, church. How many say we're not having any of that? We're not having any of that fear. Serve up confidence and peace 
and heroic spirit of God. But I have no, it's like, what food do you hate the most? I mean, you know, they bring it around and you say, would you like some of this? And you politely disguise your contempt. And you say, no, I do not want, what are those little cabbage things called? Brussels sprouts. Just roll them babies right on down the road. (laughs) I will say one time they were very good. But they were saturated in honey and they were made crispy and crunchy and, you know, it was good. But other than that, keep them. And when the enemy comes and he wants to serve fear, Treat that the way you would the thing that you wouldn't put in your mouth. You won't put that in your heart. You won't receive that in your head. Because our God doesn't know such thing as defeat. And we're with him. Come on now. You are with God today. And God is with you. You know, this fact begins with Saul. And the narrative paints a picture of abject cowardice spread from the top. And in the natural, who would not have some degree of fear? I think about, you know, I'm either going to end soon or run out of voice, so you just pray, God, open my pipes. Or you may be praying, close them, I don't know. Here's the thing. There were ten spies who sought out the land of promise. And they came back and they said, we can't do this. We look like grasshoppers in their eyes and we look like that in our own eyes. That's what the enemy wants you to buy. He wants you to look at your life like you are insignificant, unable to possess that which God has set in front of you. Come on, church, just... Say, I'm having none of that. Come on, can I hear you say that? I'm having none of it. I don't want it. I won't receive it. Nor should we share it with others. Well, I'm going to move down real quickly. The spirit of intimidation that took center stage. He defeated that. You know, the enemy wants to intimidate you. There are a lot of people who have a testimony like Wes had who feel like I could never share. You don't necessarily have to share it up here, but share it. I could never share it because it doesn't, it just, I don't know how to put words together. I don't have anything that's important to say. I want to tell you, if God has written the story, you need to share it. If God, how many here would say today, God has written the story of my life. Before, I wanted to author it my way, but when I surrendered it to the Lord, he took over the authorship. So, you know what? I'm not going to be intimidated. In verses 4, and I'm not going to read them all, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. I mean, he carried a, a, a coat of mail which weighed 125 pounds. The tip of his spearhead was 15 pounds. 
And he stood there and he mocked. And there today are no shortage of people who pound their chest. That hurts. On social media. And yet in life will not take a stand for Christ. It takes no courage to get on social media and to attack somebody. But to live this thing, to live this thing, you know, when I say attack, people say some mean things about other people on, on the internet. Or we, or we get really, but you know, we're not representing him in life. We're not standing up for him in life. And I'm not saying that's true of it. I'm just saying that's one of the deficiencies that Jesus came to set us free from. That we can live this thing. You know, there's a grassroots effort to stream moral depravity into every segment of our culture. I'll tell you this. I was, you know, people, I, I am, I've seen, and I'm not going to go into detail. You probably will understand. I see how businesses and individuals cave because they know that there's going to be consequences if they don't become one of the tributaries through which moral depravity can flow. They know there's consequences. And so the fear The fear of that, the fear of financial loss, the fear of personal attack silences the stand that people need to to make. Come on, church. How many know you need to take a stand? Oh, we're not that kind of Christian. We're We're the kind that we just give milk and cookies. David wasn't a milk and cookies guy. God is a warrior. Doesn't mean that we attack flesh and blood, but man, we've got to be so plugged into the Holy Spirit that we're going straight after every principality, every power, every tributary that flows to corrupt your children. You know that's the price today, right? Your children, your grandchildren, The enemy is streaming through every tributary of influence into every life, whether it be the schools, the local community. You know, we went and we, I asked Robin, we were looking at sponsors for things that have taken place, businesses that sponsor things. I'm going to tell you this. Everyone that sponsored those things, and they don't care, I will never walk into again. I will never support it again. And some of those places I have been in, I will never walk in those places again. You know, Christians, we've got to stop supporting evil. We've got to stop it and say it doesn't matter. God doesn't wear it, doesn't care where you eat or where you buy your clothes, but you know what? We need to stop supporting those who are being used as tributaries. doesn't mean we disconnect the witness. 
just means I'm not supporting it. I went and got me us at Lowe's. I love Lowe's. I don't know, hopefully they're not sponsoring it, not about anything, but because I'd really have to ask the Lord to give me strength. I love Lowe's. I got me a big American flag. You say, now you're getting into nationalism. Well, here's the thing. I believe that God wants America to be a beacon light for his glory. And I believe that God has providentially, yeah, has providentially set this nation where it's at by his grace to be a light. And so I want my nation to know my God, to know the grace of God, to know the salvation of God, to know the freedom of God. I want to challenge you today. These Hollywood, I knew Sam, we're getting off. Now, here, let me give you how this is going to work. Part two next week. <laughs> I got six points and I will cover them. But I'm going to show you. say, you're getting off. I, I liked your sermon until you got off. Now, now I'm speaking where we live. Oh, we like these great homilies. Oh, God, that was so, I want to tell you, God speaks to where we live. You and I, we've got to love all people for whom Jesus died. We've got to give our hearts and our lives to building bridges for others to know Jesus. But I want to tell you, you and I have to defeat in Christ the tributaries that are killing spiritually our kids. You know, you say, well... I care more about the kids than I care about what your opinion about what I'm saying is. I think you care more about your kids than what others might say. Your kids are being fed toxic spiritual waste. And we got to take a stand. You know, you say, oh, you got to be nice to everyone. I am nice. Am I not nice? Am, am, am I nice to everybody? I try to be. I go out of my way to be nice to people because I want them to be nice to me too. But you know, enough with this cowardly, weak, spineless, want to be everybody's buddy. How many of you would rather be a witness to everyone than to be buddies with people who die lost and don't know Jesus? You know, I, I'm standing here today, and as I close this time, I'm gonna, I want to ask you, think about this. David's victory defeated the tributaries of influence that ran throughout the, 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 the community, throughout his nation, I'm saying this, I'm not attacking social media, it's a tool, we use it, but if you're going to use social media and you're going to say bold things, number one, make sure they're God things, and secondly, live it, because your neighbor needs to see it, the people who live across the street need to see it, your family needs to see it. I've just gotten to the point where I am weary weary of an, a, an attack upon the enemy that doesn't have a ground attack in place. 
The ground attack is meaning we take our neighborhoods one by one by one by one in Jesus' name. We invade with love and compassion and truth. Grace and mercy. Grace is never a license for sloppy living. Come on, church. Doesn't mean that we can just, oh, anything goes. As our musicians come here this morning, I wonder how much cowardice plays into the number of targeted tributaries that cooperate with evil. Going along, I think about celebrity mannequins, and not all celebrities, are, and, and people need Jesus. But we look at this podium of celebrity that people have. And they utilize those platforms for a lot of different things. I'm praying that God is going to give us spirit-filled Christians who will take the podium. You say, what does that mean? How many of you believe that it's time for the church to be seen and to be heard? What you have to say is not your opinion. It's got to be God's word. It's got to be his truth. You live this out and you're unashamed and unafraid. How many want the spirit of David who recognize that this is not flesh and blood, but there is a giant demonic presence that has many people living in fear, including those in church. And there is a giant demonic presence that wants us to never realize who we are. He wants us to be intimidated. He wants students in your school to be intimidated. I want to pray. I want to say, students, God wants you to, to be a David. His spirit is available. This, I'm just praying, you know, my, my, uh, my kids are just like anybody else's, uh, but they're mine. That's the difference. Uh, the thing is, um, Jessica, my oldest, she was here a few we several weeks ago. She was always very bold in her profession, but she lived it. Made mistakes, did some dumb things, and I had to be father. You know, but I can tell you this much. There was a cafeteria you know, full of people, and there was a kid in there who was you know, for whatever reason, was singled out. And there were a bunch of people uh, laughing and mocking him. And, and, and uh, you know, they were throwing food at him. You know, that would have been a blessing to me, but uh, <laughs> depends what it was. But the thing was, my, my little girl, she had the same fire. She's not perfect. Understand that. I'm not setting my family up. Oh, you know. But she went over to that table and she said, you guys must really think you're someone special. You can only hope that you'll ever be half the person he is. And, you know, I want to say this. You know, there were a lot more gathered there because it's always easy to buy into whatever negativity and death 
the tributaries are bringing into your life. But it takes someone to stand up. I want to encourage you, if you truly believe this, to go into the businesses of your community and if they support evil, you need to go in and say, I don't appreciate this. I, I was a patron and I won't be. And they may say, I don't care. But you know what? They need to hear from believers who aren't just going to roll with it. Oh, we've got to be peacemakers. Being a peacemaker is not being a wimp. Someone that just rolls over all the time. Because somewhere along the line, if there aren't any Davids coming forward, the enemy's going to destroy everything. Your kids and my kids are in the greatest peril that any young generation has ever seen. Oh, there's always been evil. Get off of it. How many of your kids have gone to school I mean, how many of you as kids went to school and heard the foolishness that's being streamed into our schools? How many of us have had sex education in a, in a corrupt manner at the age of five or six? How many of you really want somebody teaching your kids sex ed? That's your job. There should have been a big amen for that. That's your job. And as a believer, that's your calling. I am not teaching my kids about that. I'm not going to teach them about that. I'm not going to teach them. If you're going to teach them, and you say, now you're getting poor. No, I'm not. If you're going to teach them one faith, you better make sure Christianity is there. So we've got to keep everything separated, everything neat and orderly. You know, the enemy doesn't believe that. We're the only ones who buy that stupidity. The enemy doesn't believe it for one minute because he's streaming across the lines that we're not, we're not willing to cross. He has no problem going across and streaming where we're like, oh, we can't do that. We gotta, rep, we gotta, we, we gotta protect the Constitution. We gotta separate. The enemy has no problem with that. Crosses the line, streams in. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me if you would. I don't even know how I ended up going this way, other than I believe. I believe. I know we've got a picnic, and I haven't really sweated a lot because I can't really scream or yell. I'm just kidding. But I'm going to ask you something this morning. How many of you really want to have, number one, love for all people? I mean, real redemptive love. You don't want to look at people and pat them on the head and pat them on the back and watch them die lost. That's not what this is about. You can't beat someone over the head. You can't force them. And we're not, it's not our ministry to do any of that. We love people where they are. We reach into their lives. Jesus went into the dark places not to become like them, but to share love and light. How many of you today? 
understand what's happening here. Not only is America in peril, but what we call the church, let me tell you what I see, and it doesn't matter if it's not God. Two things are going to happen in the church, and it's already happening. There's going to be a mighty move of God, a mighty move of God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And for those of you who are extremely worried that the ladies will speak out, and they will because the Bible says your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So if you've got a problem, take it to him. going to be a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then there's going to be a falling away. There's going to be a separation. Even in the local church, there's going to be a separation. People who are going to have the Spirit of God like David did, and then those who roll over, those who live in fear, those who aren't willing to take a stand, who aren't willing to become a target because the cost is too big. Which one are you? It's only one of two. It's either a great revival or a great falling away. Which part are you? Which part am I? I want to be in that great move of God. Would you just slip your hands before the Lord and say, I want to be part of the greatest move this world has ever seen. I want to be part of the greatest move of God ever. Because evil is unprecedented. I mean, in its manifestation, in its, in its rancor against the church, and it's time, it's time, it's time. Church, hear this, it's time. I believe God, you want me to say it again, Lord? It's time, it's time. I'm tired of hearing people saying it's coming. It's coming. It's here. It's here. Come on, church. The Holy Spirit's moving. You say, I don't, we got a picnic. Yeah, we do. But I'm going to have something here in a minute with God if he just keeps flowing this way that's greater than anything. And I don't want to keep anybody else held up. I don't want to inconvenience anybody. But I'm telling you, it's here right now. I mean, I want to invite you to step into that same spirit to receive that same anointing that God gave to David. You don't have to wait. You say, I just want to have what David had. I want to dance like David did. I want to stand before giants like David did. I want to come and repent. I want to have a tender heart like David expressed in Psalm 51. I want to be that person. It's here. Come on now. The Holy Spirit is here today. He's calling out to you. He's calling out to you. He's saying it's now. It's now now it's now COVID's been here for a year and a half and God is saying I've been forever I've been forever I've been forever I've not been for a moment or a season of time I am from everlasting to everlasting and the Holy Spirit's here you say where are you going I don't know God Holy Spirit fill this house today we need people to be rebaptized. You say you have to do it again well maybe not so much rebaptized, but just get some more Get some more. God, help us. 
You want this is the hour. It's here. Some of you have been talking about visions and, and prophecies about Bethel. I want to tell you right now, God's saying it's here. It's here. It's here. Don't look at the numbers. Don't look at the people around you. Look at me. It is here. It is here. It is here. The giants, we are going to inflict damage on the giants of hell that the darkness is going to suffer because of the Spirit of God flowing through the love driven, hallelujah, Holy Spirit filled church, Christ exalting. I'm going to invite you just for a moment. Would you please do this? Would you please jump in? You know, it, it, you know I want to invite you just to come. If you say, I'm not afraid anymore. You know, I'm not afraid of COVID. I'm not afraid of anything. I just want to come and I want to experience this. There's something hot up here. There's something hot up here. You say, oh, this is weird. I, okay, I'll give you that. Come on up and get weird with us. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, it's here. Who wants to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Who wants to be a David? We need young people that'll step up and step out and say, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm getting ready to run one day. I'm telling you, hallelujah! Holy Spirit, come, come, come. Hallelujah, glory to God. Come on now, we need a few more and say, God, we're pressing in on this altar. Come on now, it'll only take you a minute or two. What God does here today is going to change somebody, really. It's going to change a generation. It's going to change a school. It's going to change a workplace. And most of all, it's going to change hearts here. It's going to change families. It's going to make a difference somewhere. What God's going to do in your life today is going to change something. The atmosphere is full. The atmosphere is full of God. He is the champion, the king of glory. He's the king of glory. I will be a fool, but I know this at the end of the day. My God shall deliver the giants into the hands. Hallelujah. Let this place erupt with the praise and the worship of God. Hallelujah. 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 There should be no anybody who says, we're going to resign ourselves and we're going to hold the fort. We're not doing that. Hallelujah. We are bringing lunch. And God's going to say, hey, while you're bringing lunch, why don't you kill that giant? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fill this house. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God, fill this house. Glorious Jesus Christ, King of glory. King of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, glory. Come on, let's receive. Now, Brian, you want to lead us? And let's just receive it. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at BethelAG.com or on Facebook at Bethel Assembly of God, Littlestown, Pennsylvania. Our services are also live streamed every Sunday on our YouTube channel, Bethel AG, Littlestown, Pennsylvania.